Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. ESPN Radio. Usually the only hoops that we talk around here in mid-July, or I guess now it's even into August, is NBA free agency. But how about this? Montana State, the defending Big Sky Conference champions, they will embark on their international tour, and they leave tomorrow. They're headed over to play in England. And this is very cool. There's an international flavor throughout the Big Sky Conference, but there's a distinct English flavor on the Montana State Bobcats. A part of that's because of Chris Haslam, who's been an assistant coach around here for a long time, and there's been several great players from that neck of the woods. It'll be fun for these guys to go that way. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. If you don't see us on the TV, we're not there. We're here. Bozeman, Montana, coming to you live from courtside, Brick Breed and Field. It's a little hotter in here than it usually is on this hot summer day, but excited to be here. Montana State hosted their media day for football today. Missed anything in the first hour of the show. We shared an interview from Media Day with Callahan O'Reilly, a Bozeman High product, who's an inside linebacker for Montana State, and uh, also talked all the way around the world of football. Intriguing storylines, intriguing players for fall camp for both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies. And we heard from Ashlyn Dvorak from our latest senior spotlight, goalkeeper from Billings West, who won a state championship this last year, and she'll take her talents to the University of Montana to play for Chris Chitovitsky next year. If you uh, missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Joined here now courtside by Coach Haslam as well as the reigning Big Sky Conference MVP, Jabril Bello. Thanks for being here, guys. How you doing? Appreciate it. It's good to see you again. Hey, it's good to be here. I haven't seen you guys since uh, the, the great run. Thanks for the trip to San Diego, by the way. That was uh, a good NCAA tournament spot. So we'll start with you, Jabril. I know we're going to get into this international tour stuff, but didn't get a chance to really catch up with you after that. Just take us through it. I mean, you guys went into the Big Sky Tournament, target on your back as the regular season champions, but then you, you took care of business. I mean, what a thrilling semifinal game against Weber State. But the, at the end of the day, you're cutting down the nets. You're going to the NCAA Tournament. I know this is what you guys all came to Montana State for. So uh, just take us through it. What was it like to go on that run? Uh, it was it was special. Um, it was definitely made some memories that I'll never forget. You know, just doing it with my brothers and uh, the goals that we had set, you know, the summer beforehand, especially for myself personally. And 
when we lost to Eastern, it just that that much pain just motivated the whole team to you know get these things done. And you know, I'm just grateful and blessed to have done it. And you know, I'm trying to do it again now. You know, just step it up a level. It was so interesting too because the winning streak was something that everybody was talking about, right? And it, it was almost like, on one hand, you want to keep it going, but on the other hand, can you really win? You know, all the way through January, February, yeah. and March. But it seemed like when you guys did drop and the, and the winning streak ended, that was kind of like a turning mo- point for you. And then you didn't lose again, at least against Big Sky competition. Um, I think you know it kind of helped the team as a whole because it gave us a level head. You know, I feel like you know losses are actually good for teams. It just depends on you know how often. Obviously, you don't want to lose, but. The way we was going, it was really good. But even in some of the games we had won, we wasn't playing good. We just managed to, you know, sure. bat- bat right. it, battle it out. So uh, the losses helped us, you know, fix some of those little details that kept that, you know, didn't cost us. But, you know, we had to fix those in order to win a championship. So I think those losses definitely helped. What's it like being a big guy in the Big Sky Conference? Because th- this is a, a league that's not very accustomed to true big guys. I mean, you're 6'9". There's other 6'9 guys in the league, but they don't play you know, on the block, in the paint like you. It's just so interesting to watch the way it all goes down, right? Because sometimes you find yourself trying to mitigate the foul trouble and stuff yeah. like that because, I mean, you're just bigger and stronger than most of the guys yeah. you're going against. So what's it like being a big man you in the know, Big you Sky? You just have to adjust, honestly. Yeah. I mean... I watch high major games, and I'm I'm just wishing that they refed us the same. For sure. But um, you know, you just adjust to the level, and you gotta be smart. You know, that's why where I like like to um, give myself props because I'm using my head most of the time on both ends. So, I mean, if you watch how the ref uh, the game is refed, then I think you know I, I'll be fine. Jabril Bello. Chris Haslam joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented in part by Paradise Falls. And Coach Haz, you've coached big guys in this league as well. How do you kind of get them ready for it? Because, you know, sometimes they're going to get hit harder than anybody else in the league. There is a strategy that goes into keeping them on the court. But but this young man embraced it uh, full full force last year and, and was the big sky MVP when it was all said and done. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Jabril did a phenomenal job for us and, and deservedly, you know, was the uh, conference player of the year and defensive player of the year. And between him and obviously great Osseball, and, and our style of play is a little different to everyone else in the fact that we do throw the ball inside so much. Um, you know, obviously it's a very, you know, perimeter game. You know, most of the other teams in the league are playing four guards where we like to play two bigs on the floor a lot and really pound the paint. And, you know, Jabril spoke about it a little bit just before. You know, maybe the referees aren't used to really refereeing a true, you know, big guy, physical big guy inside. But, you know, for, for, for us as a, as a staff, we have to, you know, get these guys ready. And, and he said, you know, play, play with his head. You know, I know it's frustrating at times because he is bigger and stronger. The same with great. And as much as the ball goes inside and they do get hacked and the referees, you know, do miss fouls. And that's part of the game. They have to stay, you know, mentally locked in, uh, mentally focused. They have to get onto the next play and understand, yeah, you know, calls are going to get missed. And, and just continue to, to play hard and be physical and try and dominate the paint, which is going to help us, you know, ultimately win games. And I think they did, a, like I said, a phenomenal job all year. And you've been around this program now longer than anybody that's part of the program because you were a holdover from Brian Fish's staff as well. So 
What's it been like to watch this thing build under Coach Sprinkle? Because it's incrementally gotten better. And then last year, you know, landmark year, one of the great, one of the great seasons in Montana State basketball history. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, Coach Sprinkle, you know, has come in, and then three years, obviously, you know, the energy and excitement around the program is is at an all time high right now. And to be a part of that, obviously, I'm very fortunate that he kept me on staff, and and, and super appreciative of the opportunity, you know, he gave to me. Um, but again, you know, he just came in and, you know, his personality, his will to win. Um, obviously, Montana State is in his heart. He bleeds blue and gold. For sure. Um, and it's been a phenomenal journey to get to this point so far. You know, the three years we've improved the program each year, obviously culminating uh, with the title last year. And But as Jabril said now, it's not, you know, it's not about getting fat and happy. It's about being, you know, hungrier. You know, we, we've got the target on our back right now rather than chasing someone. And that's a whole, you know, different mindset to have, uh, you know, and what we've been already preaching during the summer workouts. You know, we have to have a different mentality now as a team. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's been phenomenal. The Big Sky has always been a, a league that has a lot of a depth to it. It's always an interesting league because it's so far flung, right? I mean, the geographic area is huge. At one point in time, there's three different time zones represented right. in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, road games are hard. You, you never know when you're going on a bus through a canyon and playing a noon tip in Cedar City, right? I know we don't have to right. do that anymore, thank goodness, with Southern Utah not in the league. But um, for all of the, the diversity of the league, all the depth of the league, it's been one of three teams in my 16 years covering the league on top, either Montana, uh, Weber State, or Eastern Washington. Montana State, a new, a new breakthrough to kind of get there. I know North Dakota had a title that one year. Northern Colorado's been in the mix. But what does it take to sort of move into that top tier of the Big Sky Conference? I mean, what are some of the factors that have gone into building this program into a championship-level program? Right. I mean, I think the you know the league is def- definitely uh, you know underappreciated. For sure. Know, with, with, as you just you know talked about the the travel isn't easy no and there's really good teams with really good players and r- there's really good coaches in our league it's not easy at all and you know you'd always say you know there's always maybe you know five five six teams that are going to be in the mix but as you said you know it's always been weaver montana eastern washington you know in my time here yep um and i think you know to to break through it's it is it, mental toughness Mental toughness is a big thing. Yes, you have to have talent, but, you know, team chemistry, coming together and being mentally tough. And, again, Jabril talked about it. We weren't playing. There was a stretch. We weren't playing particularly well. You know, we weren't firing on all cylinders, but we found a way to win. Mm -hmm. You know, found a way to win those games on the road or at home. Uh, You know, in the dark days of February, you know, when everyone's worn down. It's a long season, a lot of traveling. And I think that comes back to the group there, their chemistry, their togetherness, you know, what they sacrificed for each other. And, again, it comes back to, you know, being mentally tough to – you find a way to win, you know, and that's a sign of a championship team is you're not going to play well for 20 games, 18 games in conference. You know, there's going to be those four or five games when, you know, you're dragging around, but you find a way, and that's what wins you a championship, and that's what ultimately this group of guys did. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls has 30 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And uh, guess what? And we'll let you know when it's official, but they're added in an early happy hour. Bold move by them, but you're going to be able to go down there and get drink specials in the mornings. I know that's going to be a big hit during football season, so stay tuned for that. We'll give you more on that. But thanks to Paradise Falls, their continued sponsorship of the ESPN Roundtable. Chris Haslam, assistant men's basketball coach here at Montana State. We're broadcasting to you live from Bozeman, by the way. And Jabril Bello, 
the Big Sky Conference reigning men's basketball MVP joining us. These guys headed out tomorrow. They're going back home, back to the United Kingdom, back to England to play on their international tour. The last couple of things about this last season, Jabril, from a player perspective, uh, what did it take to acclimate to the Big Sky Conference? I mean, what is the maybe a challenge people don't expect? Because it is sort of the travel's tough, but also just the variability of the atmospheres is tough too, right? I mean, you guys have a great home atmosphere. Montana does. Weaver does. Eastern does. Sometimes, though, you got to bring your own energy too. So, I mean, what are some of the challenges of, of playing in this league? How did you acclimate to that as a player? I mean, I think uh, team chemistry is what helped us a lot over these last years. For sure. Uh, about all the challenges of playing in a different uh, court that we're not used to in a different atmosphere. And also, like, you know, there was a couple places with different uh, uh, levels, like, what is it? What's it called, sea level? Sure. Oh, elevation. Yeah, elevation, right. Yeah, Total. Yeah. yeah, there's different uh, elevations. So, you know, you just got to stay ready for it. I think the one in uh, Bozeman is pretty pretty good, so it keeps us prepared for what it's like in other places. But, um, yeah, Montana's atmosphere was definitely intense. But, you know, you just got to keep a level head, mental toughness. And, uh, you know, stick together with your team and focus on, on the goal, really. So, yeah. If you're listening, you, you can tell these guys both have great British accents. And we love when we have different accents here uh, on the radio. But, Jabril, do you remember when you first got recruited to Montana State? Just compare and contrast. I mean, you, you had a stop in Wyoming, too. So you got used to life in America before you, you came here. But what's the transition been like? I mean, can just compare and contrast where you're yeah, from I to remember, where you're at. I mean, I was in uh, Colorado and... You know, I sure right, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the atmosphere there was way different. Like the elevation was not even close. I came on my visit, we was <laughs> playing five and five, and I think after two trips, I was gassed. Yeah. So, you know, it was definitely an eye opener when I first got here. And has you you've been around for a while now, both from your time as a college player and then playing overseas, coming back to America. I mean, what are the biggest differences? I think that Americans and, and Brits share a lot in common, and it makes sense just because, you know, this this country was founded by, you know, British rebels, basically. But, uh, I mean, what are the differences that you notice just in lifestyle and, and just living in America compared to the U.K.? I mean, obviously, here, um, everything's so spread out. Obviously, sure. just the distance. Right. You know, I remember when I first came to the States, you know, when I first came over to... Um, high school in savannah georgia i flew in it to atlanta and it was what three hour four hour drive right sure which is nothing and i thought holy cow because in england you know you drive 30 minutes it's like a lifetime because sure. everything's so close totally. it's not not spread out so just the 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 vastness and um but here, here it's just so you know it was great because you know basketball is big in england but there's nothing like college basketball back home. Sure. You know, there's nothing. You know, obviously, it's a lot of club sports, you know, club teams. But the fact how big college athletics are, how big college basketball is, when I first came over, you know, the biggest crowd I played in front of was maybe 20 people. And that sure. was, you know, the, the kids' parents, right? Right, That's right, it. Right. I remember, you know, my first even high school game, there was like a 1,000 people there. And I was like, holy cow. Right, but, you know, and then obviously, you know, just and then you went and play to Wyoming, which Wyoming, is a phenomenal uh, home court you know, advantage. Yeah, I still remember my first uh, home game, at, you know, at, uh, at Wyoming. I think there was eight thousand people in, in sure. the Double A, and you know, my first shot, I shot a turnaround, and I almost broke the backboard because I, <laughs> I was so I was so nervous in front of that bigger crowd. So, but just you know the. 
the whole entertainment factor, you know, of, right. of, of college sports, you know, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, so, but, uh, you know, I've been over in the States for such a long time and, you know, it is my second home, you know, and obviously I've been fortunate enough to be in Bozeman and just uh, the fans, the community, the support, you know, it's, it, there's no place like it. And Jabril, when you're coming up uh, in high school and stuff, you're, you're playing at an academy, there's a lot of different ways you can go if you're playing in Europe, right? I mean, you can, you can keep going the club route. Or, or you can try to, to take the chance to come to America. What was the draw for you to, to come stateside and, and pursue basketball? Man, I had no choice. <laughs> there was no choice. I had one goal. Um, the goal that to even come to America didn't even sound likely like just a couple weeks before I made my decision to go to Barkinabee. So the goal to come to America was like, you know, if you just work hard at this, you can do this. So to me, I mean, that was the only option I had to, you know, see what I can actually achieve for like my potential and, and things like that. So you know, I'm just, I'm just blessed and lucky, really. And now here you are entering your senior year, and you get to go back home before uh, before it's all said and done, before these the season even starts. So what are you most excited about? You know, just going back to England. Uh, I think just playing in front of my mom and my sister. Has, has she ever been able to come no, out? This, she, like, no, so she hasn't seen you play me. in a like, long time. The last time she seen me play was probably when I was like 15, and I had just broke my leg. Oh, jeez. So I was coming back from the injury, and, you know, I was terrible. I was even terrible before I joined <laughs> Barking Abbey. So, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't do nothing. So she, she was, I remember another game too. I sat the bench. I told her to come watch. I didn't even get in the whole game. So, yeah, man, like she hasn't seen me play ever, only on the on the uh, screen. So. That, that's unbelievable. That would be such a great experience. How about you, Has? I mean, that, that part, just getting these guys back. Oh. I mean, because you got, you got your brill, you got great Osabar as well. Uh, too bad Amin, no, Amin can't make it. But is he going to be able well, to come? You know, obviously with, with Jabril, great, and Caleb. Sure. You know, Caleb. And Caleb has, you know, and I haven't been home because of COVID. I haven't actually been home in almost four years. So I'm, you know, can't wait to get off the plane and run and, you know, kiss the ground. Um, but just to take these guys home and, and, and let them, you know, their family and friends see them play, um, you know, will be, fun, you know, again, just a great experience. You know, I'm, my, my family's going to be there at the games as well. And just to be home and, and, and be around it, Armin is going to actually play in, in the game against us oh, on, wow. on, the, on the Sunday. Okay. obviously, you know, he played at uh, Barking Abbey. Sure. Um, so he's getting ready to sign a pro contract here in the next week or so. But obviously, it'll be great for him to, you know, to see him and, and, and for him to play against us. So just be a great experience just to, just to be home. And, you know, recruiting in the U.K. has been such a, uh, you know, a big, you know, plus for the program. You know, it's 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 great our brand, our name being over there. Sure. You know, that, you know, maybe some, you know, kids come and watch us play um, that maybe we can, I don't know, recruit and future Bobcats in the future. We'll see, you know. So it's, uh, like I said, I think it would just be a great experience. New Orleans now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable. Chris Haslam, assistant basketball coach for the Montana State men's basketball team, as well as Jabril Bello, a senior. I, I, do you call yourself a power forward or a center? This is this is a debate, right? I actually call myself a power forward. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> he has his shaking his head saying, no, he's a you center, You right? embrace being a big guy. It's all this <laughs> NBA stuff. Right. Bigs, bigs want to, you know, move down a position. Yeah, right, embrace right. Embrace being a big, it's fine. Well, it's like they used to always say. They used to always say that Kevin Garnett is actually 7'2". 
and he got listed at 6'11", because he didn't want to be a 7-footer. Because right. if people called him a 7-footer, they'd think he was slow. Right. And he wanted to be a power forward, just like the big man wants to be a power forward. Interesting, but I, I guess I had not. You learn something new every day. I knew you guys were bringing in Caleb Fuller, from a transfer from UC Davis. I had not realized that he's from Barking Abbey, the same academy that Jabril Bell, Bellman, and Downer are from. So right. that's a good connection. Exactly, exactly. So he's you know from a town called Ipswich, which is just outside of London, you mm-hmm. know, just to the just to the east. But uh, he came through that same academy too. So again, to be able to take him home. Uh, to see his family and that the fact that we're actually playing at Barkin Abbey where these guys, you know, came through, uh, it's worked out perfectly. Coach, give people just the lowdown of, of just uh, this trip in general. You're going to go over there for eight days and you have competitions against against who? Who you play and how many games you play so, and all that stuff. Yeah, we're going to, you know, obviously we leave tomorrow. We've got four, four days in, in England, in London. Uh, we're going to play two games out there. We're going to play, like I said, Barkin Abbey alumni team but it's a team full of pro players that are still in london before they go off to their pro teams before preseason starts for them um and then the second day we're actually going to play against uh it's called the hoops fix all-star team which is all the best uh top young players um in england Interesting. um so you know two two good challenging games um and then next uh tuesday we fly to nice in the south of france uh and we're going to play basket azor which is the top junior team in in the front in France? They won the you know junior league in, in France like last year. So again, another good game, another good test, and then we'll be on the kind of French Riviera, Riviera for three nights, and we're back uh, next Friday. And so. That sounds pretty good. Uh, for those following along, every four years, uh, men's basketball teams, I guess Division One basketball teams, men and women, get to go on an international tour. Montana State taking theirs uh, to England slash France this year. Jabril, what are you most excited about going back home? You mentioned playing in front of your mom, but, I mean, is there any sort of food or any any sort of thing that you've been missing from, from back yeah, home? Yeah, like I told her to make me a couple, like, African cuisines, uh-huh. like jollof rice and I think probably fried rice and, you know, all the stuff I just don't eat while I'm out here. But I'm excited about that, just to be with the team, to play in front of friends, like, all of that really, like, you know, it's just going to be nice. What's it going to be like going against Ahmed? Yeah, it's going to be cool. I guess you know I his mean, tendencies, right? I bet she's going to go left. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of sad to break these this news, but he's uh, he's actually taking a trip to his uh, professional team on Friday, uh, so he can't play. So, oh, bummer. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's sad. I yeah. Was, I, we was talking uh, smack the Maybe he scheduled the meeting, though, with his new yeah. team so he didn't have to play against <laughs> you guys, right? We was talking smack the whole time about playing, and uh, we, I was saying we finna like win by a hundred <laughs> <laughs> well that that's a key storyline for you guys just broadly for this international tour and in general you guys had one of the most veteran backcourts in the country last year uh with Amin Adamu and, and Xavier Bishop and I think that's going to be one of the big question marks coming into this year is how do you go about replacing those guys so this get people the scoop just in terms of sort of the the pecking order and the position battles there in the backcourt sure I mean we signed two uh grad transfers Caleb uh, Fuller being one of them right yeah he's who's uh you know kind of a combo forward, play some four, play sure. some three. Um, but at the guard position, you know, we sign again, you know, the um, Paris Brown, mm-hmm. who's a great transfer from Cal State Northridge, was all-conference player there. And Robert Ford, um, who came in from Idaho State. Who was all-big sky all player big a couple sky. Of years ago hey, before hey, he got hey, hurt. Hey, really hey, good player at exactly. Idaho State. So, yeah, we obviously, you know, Xavier Bishop and, and Armin were tremendous, you know, tremendous. Um, you know, and obviously a big loss. 
but you know we Darius and Robert have really done a great job you know during the summer workouts and you know bringing in experience too and then also we signed you know Jed Miller um, out of a prep school in, in California who comes in as a true freshman who you know again you think he's a true freshman he's a little bit older having that prep year but sure. um you know, he can really shoot the shoot, I, I'm, shoot I'm the ball. I'm interested to see this kid because, you know, when we were following him on Twitter and stuff, mm-hmm. some of us, I mean, you drop 62 in a high school game. I don't care who you are or what level it's at. You're filling it up. Right. So he's he's confident, you know, uh, on both sides of the ball. He's a confident player. Uh, he's, you know, obviously coming in as a true freshman. But uh, so far he's really, you know, really been competing with those guys, which was nice to see. And Jabril, what, what do you think will be different about this year's team? Obviously you got to replace, replace those great guards. But uh, how do you think – this team will be will look different. And what most excites you just about the, the new squad you guys have? Um, you know, I've been practicing with the team for a couple of weeks now, and I'm really excited for us defensively. And I really think, like, against big teams, small teams, like, I feel like we'll be a very tough matchup for a lot of teams. Um, I like the way we share the ball as well. And, you know, we still got all of our shooters, and they've been doing a good job. Uh, doing other things as well as shooting. So, you know, I feel like we'll be very versatile with our play uh, style as well. So, you know, I'm just excited to see it come to play. And last thing for you that has, uh, that's one of the big advantages of this. It's not only a fun trip for these guys. You get to take them back home. You get to go hang out in London and, and on the French Riviera and all that. But it's extra practice time. It's yeah, extra extra time to be together. So how much of an advantage can it be? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, we've got new faces. You know, uh, obviously we have a lot of holes to fill from last year's team. Losing, you know, like I said, the players we talked about and that experience and productivity. Uh, but getting these guys in that we're allowed, you know, 10 practices before we head out on the trip. Um, and then getting to play. You know, obviously it's fine. We've been beating up on each other and playing against, you know, each other and, all, you know, all the drills and the skill work and the practices, etc. But now we kind of get to see where we're at for three games against different competition and, you know, bet some of these new guys in and play with different lineups and, and, and you know, kind of see how, how we look and then we can kind of get back from the trip and truly evaluate where we're at and then move forward uh, from there and get ready for the for the new year. Well, thanks for being here, guys. This is very fun. I know you got a lot of packing to do, but this should be a great experience. I hope you enjoy going back to the homeland. And, uh, I mean, London and England aside, three days on the French Riviera, that sounds pretty darn good, man. I mean, how, how dapper is Coach Sprink's going to be looking when you're going out on the French Riviera? I'm pretty sure he's going to get his, all his fits from his wardrobe. <laughs> That's right. For sure. He definitely is. Well, uh, Chris Aslam, Jabril Bello joining us here. Uh, on ESPN Radio. This has been our ESPN Roundtable. Montana State, the defending Big Sky Conference champions. They are headed to the United Kingdom and then France for their international tour. They will leave uh, tomorrow and uh, be fun. Kind of the kickstart to their Big Sky Conference title defense. Thanks for being here, guys. This was fun. Appreciate it. Thanks, Colton. Thanks. It's been a little while since we've had repeat champions at the Montana State Amateur Golf Championship. But we got a repeat, and he's sitting right across the way from me, Joey Lovell, back-to-back state AM championships. How did he do it, and how has he done it holding off a couple of the best young golfers we have seen in this state in quite some time? He'll tell us. Keep it right here. Joey Lovell, Montana's men's AM champion from this last weekend. Live here from Bozeman, it's ESPN Radio.
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. One, two, three. Everyone is now on ESPN Radio. If you don't see us on the TV, it's because I'm not there. We're here, live from Montana State's campus in Bozeman, Montana. Appreciate the Bobcats for putting us up. It was MSU Media Day for the football team. But we're talking all the way around the wide world of sports. We had Ashlyn Dvorak from Billings West on the show earlier, one of the great high school soccer players in the state of Montana. Also heard from Callahan O'Reilly, Bobcat senior linebacker. Heard from Chris Haslam and Jabril Bello of the Montana State men's basketball team. And now we are joined live by the recently anointed, now two-time Montana State amateur golf champion, Joey Lovell. He got it done here this last weekend in Bozeman. Man, he joined us on the show last year. I had never even met you. He just came on the phone, but congratulations. What a cool accomplishment for you. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, so nice to be able to do it in my in my hometown and in front of the home crowd. Well, and also cool now because you're here at, at your workplace, basically, right? Because <laughs> right. you now just started on Brittany Basie's staff with the Montana State women's golf team. And so you got your, your Bobcat polo, your Bobcat hat on. So this was an easy place for us to meet up. Yeah, most definitely. I just, you know, a, a quick jaunt up the stairs from my office. I was in there just a little bit ago and uh, talked to the coach and let her know I was, I was coming up on the show. So excited to be here. I'm with you. Well, t- tell us about uh, that j- just while we're, we're on it. How did that opportunity come? Because you've been working out there at Black Bull, one of the premier country clubs here in this city and around the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now a chance to help out with the college golf team. So how did the opportunity come about? Yeah, you know, I'd always been in touch with her um, ever since I moved here uh, in 2013. And, um, you know, just working at Black Bull, being one of the golf pros and then being one of the directors of operations out there. Um, just don't really have the time really to start helping out as much. Um, I had asked her a bunch, but she kind of knew the not severity of the job, but how, how much the job takes uh, takes away from totally. me. And um, when I got out of Black Bull, I got into real estate and gave her a call and said, hey, I'm selling real estate now. Is there an opportunity for me to help coach? And she said, absolutely. Let's let's make this happen. And so that was during COVID, so it didn't happen as, as quickly as uh, I had hoped. But uh, last fall when it was ready to go, I, I hopped on board, and it's been a blast. This last year was a lot of fun. Uh, big part of recruiting for this, final, for this coming year. We got four new girls coming in, so... So definitely excited for this coming season. Well, last year when you won the State Am, it was in Missoula at Cannon River. And so it was so fun for me to talk to because that's my home course. Mm-hmm. So just comparing and contrasting all the shots that you were making and the low scores you were putting up. This year, though, at Riverside, it, it seemed like this was a, a very challenging track that they had it at, plus an incredibly challenging field as well. Two of the best young golfers that we've seen come out of Montana in recent years, Rick Johnson and Joey Moore, both in the field as well this year. I know Riggs wasn't in the field a year ago. Uh, so just talk about mentally preparing yourself. I mean, how did you get ready when, when you know you got, I mean, 
these two dudes, are, you're obviously an excellent golfer, but these two dudes are like basically doing it for a living as Division One golfers right now. Right, right. Yeah, you know, obviously winning last year kind of gives you that confidence oh, for sure. knowing that you can do it. Um, and then, you know, heading into this year, I played in the USAM qualifier and saw those two guys were playing as well. I was uh, able to get the victory there, which was nice. So then coming into the state am, knowing that being in the competition with them, I know I can win. Um, but then having it here, you know, at Montana State's golf's home course, I'm out there a bunch. I play with them a bunch. Um, you know, definitely have the confidence. I kind of know where, how to hit shots. They had the course pretty dialed up, pretty tough. Um, but I got out to a hot start with the 63 and, uh, and tied the course record on the first day. I had a six-shot lead, which really helped out and kind of guided me th- throughout the whole week. So, well, t- well, take us through then that, the finish, because uh, last year you kind of ran away with it. This year you exploded in the first round, and then you kind of had to hold on to it. So w- when you're going through the, that third and final round, w- yeah, what's going through your mind? Because it was kind of back and forth and charges by a couple of the other guys that are right behind you on the leaderboard. Yeah. You know, I've re- never really had the lead before. Um, I've always right. come from behind to win, and so so having the lead after the first day was awesome. Joey cut it to four strokes going into the final day. You know, after the first hole, I made bogey, he made birdie, so it was the two strokes right away. Um, and it was it was almost kind of, it settled my nerves almost making that bogey because I was like, all right, cool, that bogey's out of the way. Um, and they just kind of steadied it the entire way. I had a three-shot lead going into the 18th hole. Ended up hitting it in the water left, which is not what I was hoping oh, to do. And, and Joey had about a 25, 30-footer to tie me, and um, he ended up leaving it on the high side, and I left myself a, a you know like a 12-incher to tap in to uh, take the victory by one. So two years back-to-back years with only a one-shot victory over Joey. So uh, it was it was awesome. Joey Lovell joining us here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Now two-time defending Montana State AM champion took home the title uh, this last weekend at Riverside Country Club here uh, in Bozeman. We're coming to you live from Bozeman, Montana, and for, for hackers like me, you know, for 10 <laughs> handicaps out here, my biggest flaw is that when I got it rolling, I got it rolling, and when I hit it in the water, then I go get a 10. Uh, how do you readjust? I mean, you're sitting here like, man, I got the lead, and then I hit it in the water. How do you readjust and not fall apart and put a snowman on the cart? Right. You know, the day before, it happened the exact same way, too. I, right. I decided to hit three wood off the tee and, and hooked it left in the exact same spot that I hit oh. in the final round. And so um, was able to take a drop and knowing where the flag was, was left side of the green, just hit it anywhere right up by the green, and um, hopefully I can get up and down. And I hit a great shot, hooked in there, uh, ended up in some pretty long rough just out, you know, just off the green, and uh didn't hit a very good chip and uh, was lucky enough that a two-putt was able to get me by one. But uh, it was my only double of the week. I never had a three-putt the entire week, which helps out a bunch, for sure. especially on those fast screens and, and how slopey they are. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, yeah, I, I, big numbers are, are killers in, in these type of tournaments. For so, sure. Yeah. What, what was the most challenging part about uh, the track you were playing? What, what, what was making Riverside tough this last weekend? Yeah, so when we play Riverside, usually, you know, on a daily basis with the team or just when I'm out there with my friends, you know, the rough is not even close to as long as it was sure. this week. And then, you know, the approaches and the greens were very burnt out and fast, where typically on those Poana greens, you could hit a shot in there, and it's going to spin back a ton. I didn't spin one ball back the entire week because it was just bouncing. And so a lot more difficult, and it was a different golf course than we ha- when we have it normally set up. I just texted the golf pro a little bit ago and just told him, hey, thanks again for the golf course and everything you guys did out there. And it was a different golf course than any of the members play, any of us sure. locals play, just sure. because they got it in tip-top shape and, and championship condition. What have you thought of just the, sort of the evolution of, of golf in Montana? Because this, this is a, a cold-weather state. It's always been popular in Montana, but it's really you know, hit, a, hit a, a huge jolt in popularity. And I think with that, though, comes 
the hiring of golf pros that have a lot of experience, hiring of superintendents that are making the courses as tough as ever. There's all sorts of tournaments now. It seems to me when I play courses that have been around for a while, they're harder than they've ever been. Uh, that's a good thing. It's, it's a good challenge. Uh, what do you think of just the, the growth of golf in Montana? Oh, it's been fantastic. I mean, Montana is the last best place, right? For sure. You know, and so um, a lot of people have been coming up here and moving. As you can see, I, I was in, I'm in real estate as well, so sure. I've seen the influx of people starting right. to move to Montana. And every golf course here in Bozeman, all the private ones are full. There's waiting lists to get in. Right. And um, so I think that just creates more of a competitive culture amongst not just the country club people or the or the public course people, but really just all the resort people and everybody who wants to play golf. Um, you know, and now we're in Montana, and this, this summer has been fantastic. Uh, we really can't beat the weather. So the influx has been great, but it also brings in a lot more competition from, from every level. Joey Lovell joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television, coming to you live from Bozeman. Uh, the, the thing that I love about golf, too, is there's very few lifelong sports, right? Like, mm-hmm. Most sports, you hit a, a peak and then you're done. And even if you can play pickup basketball forever, you're never going to play at the level you once played at. You're never going to play football again once your football career is <laughs> over, right? Uh, but golf, you can play forever. How have you been able to continue to to have a love of it, but also continue to keep getting better at it? Because I mean, it seems like you're playing some of the best. How old are you? Mid thirty four. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you're probably playing the best golf of your life right now, right? I am. Yeah, I've, it's funny. I've been telling my wife over the last you know eight years, just like hey, I got better at golf this year. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, I'm like, hey, I got better at golf this year. Yeah. And so I was, I'm was, i waiting for that year <laughs> that, that maybe <laughs> right. I don't get better. Totally. And uh, my wife and I, sh- she's recently pregnant. We're, we're having a baby here in, in November. And so I'm maybe thinking next year. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I, it might fall off a little bit, but it also might, you know, give me more of that dad strength that they always talk about. <laughs> right. So, so um, hopefully we'll see, but but definitely excited for a little one on the way. So you got to tell me this. How, how do you sell the golf obsession to, to the, the partner, to the wife? Because my girlfriend right now is like, every time I come home from the golf course, she's like, I don't know why you go golfing. You spend five hours, you come home, and you're just all pissed off. What's wrong with you? Why don't you stop doing this? And I'm like, well, I just want to be better. But, yeah, how do you say I mean, because it's a, it's a when, it be, when you hit a certain point, it becomes an obsession, right? I mean, Oh, most definitely. You it's an love it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was very early on when we first started dating. She knew I was a golfer. Sure. She knew I was a golf professional at a golf course. And so, in the so sem- you can also sell to her that you're good at golf. My girlfriend's like, you just suck. Why do you keep doing this? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> uh, I bought her golf clubs. Uh, it was in our vows that I was going to get her better oh, at golf. So see? it's all of the above That's where right. I just kind of inched it towards her of, hey, this is golf. This is what it's all about. And so being in the industry and now being a golf coach, she understands the time that it takes, but also she understands that if I'm not, if I don't have golf kind of in my life, she knows that I'm kind of like uh, not very happy. Like right. I, I need to have golf in my life, and so that makes kind of a happy wife, happy life is the saying. It's right. I mean, yeah. it's good to have a, tr- a challenging pursuit. I mean, it's good to have something that you spend your time with. It. Golf, you're outside. It's healthy. It's it's fun. It's a great sport. So um, good for you, and, and good for you for convincing your wife this is a good thing as well. Well, I'm very lucky. Put it in the wedding vows. That's <laughs> a, I'm keeping that one up here. I'm going to remember that. I love it. Um, Let's talk about a little bit about your gig at Montana State, though. You talked about how it all came about, but what do you think now of of this upcoming season? Because it seems like, as we were saying, sort of the, the the boom in population here has made golf even more prominent, more popular. Mm-hmm. Bozeman has so many great golf courses, beautiful tracks, and, and you know you guys play out of Riverside all the time, which is one of the best courses in the state. So, how do those two things go hand in hand? I mean, do you feel like the momentum of of the growth of Bozeman is is 
catering to uh, success for Montana State Golf, or at least potential to have success? Oh, most definitely, yeah. I mean, selling Bozeman isn't isn't too hard. Right. And then when they come see campus and selling Montana State and then seeing what all of our other sports are doing, and uh, from football to basketball, both teams winning the, you know, the championship, women's and men, um, selling Montana State has become easier and easier and easier. And then, yeah, obviously with the golf courses we're able to play out here, when some of the ladies come in for the recruiting trips and see the mountains and see how good the golf is, um, it really makes them feel like they're a part of this community and this home. And obviously the, the blue and gold flag waves pretty heavy here in Bozeman. And um, it's just a great community to be a part of. You guys also have a fun little uh, pipeline right in your backyard too, right? Because Bozeman High School, right. and I'm sure Gallatin is, is on their way with great golf too, but I mean, Bozeman High School has been been dominant when it comes to golf and you know when we were following along with the women's state am right me at cameron basie who took home the title but i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i think three of the top four finishers were bozeman high grads and a couple of them including uh one of the rosanova sisters was is on your guys's team as well so uh you don't got to go very far to find good golfers here in Bozeman either. It's been it's been pretty awesome. Yeah, having Cameron win it uh, was was great, and you know she beat Sammy, who plays over at Seattle U. Right. Um, Sammy's out at Black Bull. Her dad. Yeah, she's a Bozeman girl too, right? She is. Yeah, and right. she's Amazing. a good golfer. We were both at Black Bull yesterday practicing, and it was kind of a wave of hey, congrats, uh, right. good job. You know, you'll get one of these titles here soon. But yeah, having Cameron and I both holding the state am trophies with Montana State golf is uh, I don't think it's ever happened before, right? It, to be honest, but, I don't think so either. Um, yeah, it's a pretty cool pretty cool deal well very fun and very cool and, and congratulations again man joey lovell the recently crowned for the second year in a row montana state men's amateur golf champion uh, here on nuanas now uh so w- one more trip for you from a tournament perspective it's it's in connecticut win pretty soon it's, right because it's in new jersey oh yeah. new jersey yeah. right right i yeah. knew it was on the east coast somewhere yeah. so for those that didn't follow along earlier we talked about this on the show earlier this summer but Joey also won the United States Amateur Qualifier out there at Old Works. And so that that's big time, man. Now you get to go play on, I mean... The, the biggest in the world. The yeah. greatest stage of amateur golf that there is in the world. So yeah, yeah. Uh, when is it and, and how you, what are you doing to prepare? Yeah, so it starts August 15th, and um, I'll be heading over there August 11th. Um, so with a buddy of mine who's caddying, my wife's going to come over, my mom's going to fly over as well. Um, so I'll get practice rounds in on that Saturday, Sunday, and then it's 36 holes, you know, Monday, Tuesday. They cut from 312 players down to 64, and then it's match play. So if you can get into match play, which is the, the ultimate goal, then it's anybody's game. For sure. Um, you know, you could win with the 75, and you could lose with the 65 in match play. Right. So um, super excited. Obviously, this is the, the biggest event I'll have ever played in my life. Um, and just super thrilled to enjoy this experience. And I'm going to take it all in. And, you know, hopefully the moment doesn't get to me, you know, but when I'm out on the golf course, it'll kind of be in the past and just kind of grind it away and count up the scores when I get done. Well, that should be so fun. I'm glad your family's going to get to go with you, too. And uh, thanks for being here, man. Best of luck with one last uh, big-time tournament, but congratulations again. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Go Cats. Joey Lovell, assistant Montana State women's golf coach, as well as two-time state amateur champion here on ESPN Radio. Get you set up for the rest of the week, and uh, if we can squeeze it in, a couple more intriguing storylines for fall camp for both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies. More football talk coming at you. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. The sample of the sample. You got to love it. Originally, 
The Message, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, then sampled by Ice Cube. Now you know. What's up, everybody? Hope you're having a phenomenal Wednesday. The Traveling Radio Show continues. Thanks for tuning in to Nuanas Now. If you're watching on SWX Montana Television or the ESPN Montana app, we are not in studio because we're coming to you live from Brick Breeden Fieldhouse on the Montana State campus, Bozeman, Montana. Appreciate all of our phenomenal guests for joining us here uh, on this Wednesday. Heard from one of our uh, recent senior spotlight subjects, Ashlyn Dvorak of Billings West High School, who's headed to Montana to play soccer. Also heard from Callahan O'Reilly, Montana State senior inside linebacker, preseason all-league selection. We also talked some intriguing storylines for the Grizz and the Bobcats headed into fall camp and more importantly intriguing players players to watch and uh we also heard in hour number two from a couple guys that are going back to their homeland chris haslam jabril bello the montana state men's basketball program they're both from england the bobcats headed over to the united kingdom tomorrow for their international tour and we just heard from joey Lovell, the recently anointed montana state am champion in the men's golf world you can find everything from today's show on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by the M Store, Sports Bet Montana, The Advocates, and the MSU Bookstore. Couple more players that I can't wait to watch when it comes to fall camp this upcoming uh, month or so. We've given you a lot. And, I mean, let's be honest. I'm trying to get eyes on pretty much everybody on both the Grizz and the Bobcat roster. But another guy who – one thing I think is funny and interesting is oftentimes we gravitate towards unproven guys, guys that we uh, haven't seen much of, guys that are going to have elevated expectations that maybe haven't played a lot. Sometimes we, we don't have our keen eye on the guys that we already know what they got. And I always try to remind you around here that sports are not linear. Athletes, coaches, players, they don't exponentially always get better. Sometimes you hit a peak. Sometimes you hit a rut. Sometimes, you know, you just, you just don't get any better. Sometimes you get hurt. Sometimes you get worse. You never know. But sometimes guys that are really good become truly great. Sometimes guys that are okay become outstanding. Sometimes guys that are very good or even great become next level, transcendent, unbelievable. And one guy from the Grizzlies that I think has the opportunity to go from very good to truly best in the league, truly All-American caliber, is Alex Gubner. He's a redshirt junior defensive tackle. Big 99 got a lot of headlines as a redshirt freshman two years ago. I guess two seasons ago would have been the 2019 season. Because he had four interceptions as a defensive tackle. Part of that's the scheme, and part of that's just nose for the football. But Gubner is now a guy who's, I mean, he's basically like a fifth-year senior in his age because he got a chance to have the redshirt year and the COVID year. He's going to be a three-year starter. He was a second-team All-Big Sky selection a year ago. And now he's, he's still going to have two years of starting left. He's, he's a grown man. And so uh, 
what's the next step for him? I think it's All-American caliber. You know, I think it's getting some interest at the next level. And so I'm interested to see Alex Gubner just just get some some eyes on on him. The other guy who I think that maybe we're glossing over a little bit because he is he is steady and he is proven. He's he's been around for a little while. Is Mitch Roberts, Missoula Sentinel product, who's a wide receiver, and he's going to be a fifth year senior. He's a guy that has been a good, solid starter. His next step, though, is all-league player. And if he can become an all-league player, that adds just another one to the the arsenal of all-league players there at Montana. So I'm excited to see the Missoula Sentinel product work. On the Bobcat side of things, it's an overhaul in the receiver room. Willie Patterson's the only guy that has any production or any name recognition that's coming back. Coy Steele also back, but he had a season-ending injury last year, so he'll be slow to get back. But the rest of the guys that are going to be challenging for playing time for the Bobcats, whether it's Malik Mullins, who's a junior college transfer, or Ravy Alston, who's a Division Three transfer uh, from St. John's out there in Minnesota, or Cleveland Thomas, who's a drop-down from Kentucky. Uh, there's a ton of guys in the mix. Who rises to the occasion? I don't. Christian Anaye, who's a, an incoming freshman guy out of Arizona, I don't think that you would have an overhaul of your receiver room and surround Tommy Mallott with a whole bunch of new players unless, one, you know you needed it, and two, you know you had targets that are going to really make a difference. So I think the way the receiver room plays out at Montana State, uh, that's going to be a big deal as well. Thanks for kicking it with us. Tomorrow around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with Chris Redpath, Fallon Frigi, Montana State, former Big Sky MVP, our guest, We'll also have a chick who doesn't know sports with our great friend Carolyn. Have yourself a great Wednesday evening. We'll see you then. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.